0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the read-along for the novel, Supernatural Academy. Brand new story by the author, Maria Grant. Um, if you are interested in it, please check her out on Amazon. Um, so, what her book is about is, the description is, it started with a murder. Isn't that the cliche thing to say? That it all started with a murder. Maybe it all started with the arrival of a stranger. Pretty girl moves to a small town is hiding a bunch of secrets, things begin to unravel, and a murder happens. It's so cliché, and yet, that's exactly how it all began. Don't forget to add in a secret academy for supernatural students, freakishly angry hunters out to kill anything demonic and suspicious teachers who tend to disappear when you need them the most. This is a tale of how Kaya Kotel got thrown into a life she was woefully unprepared for. Now here she is wrapped up with the fallen angels, hunters, druids, and murderers. Just when she thought life would be somewhat normal again. So as you can see, just from that brief description, this book is going to have it all. It's going to have teens, it's going to have angst, it's going to have drama, it's going to have secret academies. Girls, boys, werewolves, druids, magic, fallen angels, like the works. So I'm excited. Um, We're going to be in for a ride. I will upload... Or do the voiceover for one chapter at a time. So, this is chapter one. Chapter one, new beginnings. Drowning. She's surrounded by water and is drowning. Her ears are hurting from the pressure, and her eyes feel like they are on fire. How did it end up like this? It wasn't supposed to end up like this, they had a plan, but life does not seem like the type to follow a set narrative, three months prior, fate, how can a four letter word have so much power, so much control, fate and destiny are just words. They shouldn't mean anything real. They should be correlated with fairy tales and fantasies where they belong. However, Kaya can help shake the feeling that her life is being controlled by this phantom entity called fate. Kaya is a ball of heart and confusion. She feels as if she's being torn between grieving and wanting to throw a fit. She's 14. It's not possible to be able to cope with so many emotions at once. She knows she comes off as an angsty teen right now, but who would blame her? Right now, Kaya is riding in the car with her mother Amy, on the way to starting their new life. Kaya's moving to a town so small she's never even heard of it before. Actually, Kaya is convinced it doesn't even exist. This whole scenario must be a figment of her imagination. Maybe maybe she's having a nightmare. Maybe she's entered into an alternate dimension. Anything but the truth. Anything but having to face the fact that her father is really dead. Trying to shake painful memories. She shakes her head and wipes away a volunteer. She looks out the car window. There are so many trees in this town that Kaya can't help but think that her allergies that are bound to come come spring bring in itchy eyes and the sniffles. Great, seriously, who needs so many trees? Kaya grumbles, words muffled by her palm as she rests her chin on it whilst looking out the car window. Anger. Anger is a much better emotion than sadness. She can handle anger, even if it's misplaced. We are in the woods, dear, Kaya's mother Amy states like it's obvious. Kaya cuts her deep brown eyes toward her mother's blue ones and she glares as hard as she can muster given it's only nine in the morning on a Saturday. The same day which so happens to be the first day of August. The Thousand Trees We Just Passed Was A Dead Giveaway, Kaya grumbles her response. But thanks. Amy sighs hard and rolls her eyes as she turns up the radio in order to sing along to some pop song that hasn't been relevant in about five years. (sighs) Listen. Amy starts and tightens her pale hands on the steering wheel. You don't want to be here. I get that. However, this is your life now, and the sooner you accept it, the easier it will be for you to adjust. Amy has kind blue eyes that resemble the color navy. Midnight blues, what the doctors call it. Kaya stares into those eyes and feels rage bubble within her. The trees outside start start swaying as if they were in a storm. No! Kaya drops, voice drops an octave. What I need? is to have parents who are honest instead of the lying pieces of crap that I've gotten stuck with. She spits. I'm 14 years old and I'm just now finding out that I'm a magical, the supernatural people exist, that my father was killed by hunters and for my own safety I need to remain hidden. Who the hell waits 14 years to disclose this kind of information? The sky is turning a dark gray, no longer the once beautiful light blue. Calm down, Amy states sternly as she eyes her daughter and then the road. You may be angry, but I'm still your mother. That tone is disrespectful. Don't tell me what to do. Kaya bellows some more. She's so angry so incredibly angry, and she has no outlet for the aggression. Settle it down now, Amy warns. Kaya huffs. Taking out your frustration on me? Because I'm the only one left is unfair. Kaya knows it's not fair, but what else is she to do? Scream? Even if she did? She's uncertain as to whether any sound would actually come out of her mouth. She feels trapped inside of her own pain. Kaya has always been a calm child, to the point people offered to babysit her free of charge back when her parents both worked for a time. She grew up mild-mannered, always smiling, always willing to help, and always smiling. The nightmare began earlier this year. It started going downhill after her 14th birthday, which was on January 1st. Her father started traveling more for work. Then he wouldn't come home for days at a time. He wouldn't call. Eventually, a doctor called on May 10th, alerting us that they had our father at the hospital. He was dead. Kaya and her mother didn't find the confession note until June 6th. When they finally gained the nerve to start cleaning up his stuff, it was mixed in with his underwear drawer, believe it or not. At first Kaya felt angry, then numb, then angry again and then gnome and then angry again in this ball rotating emotion that never seemed to end. Now she's everything all wrapped up in one. It's not fair. Kaya whispers as she swallows them up in her throat. There's a part of Dad I will never understand because he's gone. And the guilt. Kaya stops speaking altogether. There's been this lingering pit of guilt in the back of her mind. Her father may have been suffering in silence because he was too afraid to come to Kaya or Amy. Kaya couldn't help but think that maybe if she knew about all of this, then she could have saved her father somehow, protected him. He might be alive. But at the end of the day, that's all she's left with. What ifs? It's the never-ending questions that seem to be driving her 14-year-old mind wild. She doesn't know how to comprehend all these emotions swirling inside of her, slowly growing like a helium balloon, destined to burst. Want to know the big secret? <laughs> Apparently, magicals exist. They are humans with the capability of tapping into the Earth's natural energy. And using that energy to make the impossible possible, casting spells, having different gifts, everything that one grows up watching and wishing were real, it exists. And she's right in the middle of it all. Kaya Kotel is a magical. And at 14, she's just now being told. That means she's lived her entire life with this hidden identity that she had no idea even existed. She wants to be so mad at her father for keeping this massive secret. But how can she be mad at a ghost? Especially a ghost she's still mourning. It's maddening. Kaya, hun. Amy's eyes swallow up unshed tears. And Kaya Tisk as she turns her face away from her mother's gaze. Your father told me. About all of this in the same note you read with me. You had no idea about your real identity, but neither did I. Your hurt, confusion, and anger are emotions that I too am experiencing. However, unlike you, I can't express them because I have to stay strong for the both of us. I- Kayo must to say something, but decides against it. The stupid lump in her throat is growing in size. I'm trying here. Amy whispers. And she stops talking. Her tone sounds like she's carrying the world on her shoulders. She sounds desperate. Like her words are a plea for some sort of forgiveness Kaya doesn't have the capability to provide. Not at 14. Not right now. Kaya notices something as her mother talks. The wind is picking up as if a tornado is about to touch down. The once bright blue sky is now an orange angry hue with dark gray clouds rolling in. The trees are swaying as if in a hurricane and none of this makes sense. But like coming out of a trance, Kaya blinks and pays attention to her mother's words, letting them sink in kaya knows the letter was just as much as a shock to her mother as it was to her she knows her father stated that if he died before kaya turned 18 she should enroll into wellington oak school for the supernatural in white oak north carolina he alerted them both that he was a magical in the note the hunters probably caught up to him that this school was very private and that an application was in the sock drawer the kaya was to apply and then proceed to remain hidden under the school's protection. So she knows how sudden it has all been. She knows her mother is not at fault for any of this and probably feels more betrayed than Kaya, yet Kaya needs someone to blame for her anger. She needs an outlet and as selfish as it sounds, she knows her mother would be that metaphorical punching bag. Eddies away at Kaya's subconscious like a, a gnawing piece of guilt that makes her stomach twinge in discomfort. Mom, listen. Kaya is so grateful she doesn't have to finish that sentence because her thoughts are all over the place. She's not even sure what she was going to say. Instead of racking her brain for something appropriate it's to say, she gazes at the place she'll now call home. The sky instantly starts to clear again, when long forgotten. P- Pulling up to the school is like something from a brochure advertising a private school only rich kids could possibly get accepted into. There are three buildings, one in front and the other two slightly behind it, one off to the left and the other off to the right. There's a long concrete pathway leading up to a white arch. That is attached to the first building. The buildings are all made up of tan stone. And they have various arches that remind Kaya of some of the castles one would see in Ireland. There are plenty of people bustling about. All wearing summer clothes and talking amongst themselves. And Kaya waits until the cars and park before whipping out of the awkward silence field vehicle. Thank God... Kaya whispers under her breath. I'll go check in. She then says louder. Upon reaching the front of the building, Kaya freezes instantly as she takes in her surroundings. The walls inside are a type of white stone. Floors are hard wood, and paintings are hung everywhere. The place is massive. Kaya is convinced if she were to yell, her voice would echo, given the extremely high and vaulted ceilings. Cindy, Jamie, if you two don't stop that running, a tall woman with a scowl on her ivy white skin yells as she runs after two squealing girls who insist on ignoring her. This yelling does bring Kaya out of her gaze, however, and she proceeds forward towards a long brown table that houses a boy and a girl with a banner saying, Welcome, New Students. Walking up to the table, Kaya gives a small wave and starts looking at some of the paintings composed up of random faces before turning her gaze onto the two people in front of her. They are both wearing black skinny jeans with black toms and a navy polo that has a school symbol on the right side. They both have beige complexion with amber brown eyes, high cheekbones, and dark brown hair. The boy smiles, revealing a dimple as he offers his hand to Kaya, who shakes it hesitantly. I'm Kaya Kotel, here for check-in. Kaya announces as as she starts noticing a woman giving her an intense expression, like she's trying to read into Kaya's soul. Those eyes appear to be so dark, they look like black which stands out against her pale white skin and fire red hair. "'We need to see two forms of ID, please,' the boy announces. Kaya nods, remembering it mentioned that on her acceptance form, she reaches into her jeans and pulls out her old-school ID along with a folded-up social security card. The girl is the one to take them both as she examines them hard and then looks up at Kaya, Feeling annoyed, Kaya shifts her weight and huffs. She waits while the girl examines the ID and looks up. Kaya takes after her mother's name of Kotel instead of her father's last name of Ibrahim. It was his decision. Look, I'm having an off morning so can we hurry this up? Kaya questions impatiently. The girl rolls her eyes and hands over the IDs with a fake smile. Just making sure you aren't a fraud. The fake smile is now tight, and Kaya rolls her eyes. Even though she gets it, trust me, the last thing I want is to be the new kid at some weird school I've never even heard of that's apparently for people like me. Kaya deadpans. Hey, the guy speaks up. He hands Kaya a set of keys, a black iPad, mini, and a folded t shirt. Learning about yourself and being in a blue place can be hard. We all understand that. But try not to take it out on other people. Kaya, feeling properly scolded, glares harder and lifts up her chin. Thank you for the stuff. Kaya says instead of acknowledging what he just said. Her world was just rocked upside down. If she wants to be a little witch for a little bit, then sue her. Where will I be sleeping? The guy sighs again, but seems to drop the recent subject as well. Ugh, you're magical? Should've known! The girl sneers at Kaya, and she stares at some piece of paper that's on the table. I'm going to ignore that, because I don't know you, and I would really hate to fight on my first day. Kaya also has no idea how. To even fight, but she's hardly going to disclose that kind of information to her first ever nemesis. Ignore my sister. The guy stays by waving his hand in a dismissal gesture. You'll be staying with the other high school level magicals in their house, which is about a mile off school's campus. I'll let them know you've arrived so they can meet you and get your stuff. Kaya raises a questioning brow, but his decides against asking too many questions. She's already overwhelmed. She doesn't need any other information right now. Okay, well, thank you. Kaya goes to turn around when the boy calls her name. I'm Chase Jacobson, a senior here. This is my sister Annabelle, who's a sophomore. We're in the student council, and if you need anything, you can come to us. Welcome. Welcome. Chase gives another dimpled smile, and Kaya responds with a tight-lipped expression before turning back around and exiting the building. She sees her mother leaning the back of her head against the car, all of a look of exhaustion displaced on her face. Kaya swallows her guilt. Her attitude helped put that expression on that woman's face. They gave me an iPod Mini, Cool, huh? Kaya tries to be civil. Her mother seems to appreciate the gesture and smiles kindly in response. Her face looks tired. I hope it goes well for you, hun. Her mother states honestly. And Kaya knows this. She does. She's just having a hard time grasping right now. And the one person she's truly mad at is dead. And she's too busy grieving him to hate him. And it's not fair for anyone. Yeah, me too. Kaya met. They said I had to wait for someone from my house to come get me. Uh, apparently, the high school magical stay off campus? Amy raises a brow. Like, COVID? Amy's a bit startled. Then again, so was Kaya. So, Kaya shrugs and bites on her bottom lip as she looks around. I have no idea, mom. This place is just like all over. Kaya comments as she knows there's a black jeep pulling up behind them. Out pops a young male, long, curly black hair, mocha brown skin with hazel eyes. He has a slim, muscular kind of build and seems to be about 5'9 or 5'10. He approaches the two of them and gives a warm smile as he waves. I'm Yates Murray, a junior here, at Wellington Oaks, he announces. I'm a magical as well. We'll be directing the two of you to the house where the magicals reside. Kaya's eyes widen, despite her telling them not to. As then, she stutters in shock. He laughs a hearty laugh and scratches the back of his head. Yates yeah. nods like he knows what Kaya's freaking out about. It's just, we all grew up together. So we're pretty much siblings, We haven't had a a new magical that is our age arrived before, so we thought it would be cool just to live together. Kaya's kind of understands where he's coming from. From what her father said in his note, magicals are rare and a dying breed. Hunters have been murdering them fast and then they can reproduce. She won't be the only girl, though, right? Amy expresses her concerns. No, there's Sophie and she's the best. Gates brags, Amy still seems worried and Kaya is too, but one of them has to be strong right now. Okay, well, I'm Kaya Cotel, and this is my mother, Amy. Kaya announces, we look forward to staying in the house. Gates smells again and nods before nodding his jeep. Nodding to his jeep. Just follow me, okay? He announces and so they do. The drive is about five minutes and they pull up to a small mansion-looking house. The house is all of red brick with lots of windows, shutters, and a massive porch with a white railing. The door opens and five people spill out of the house, all bouncing up to her before she can even respond. Hi! A girl hugs her immediately and Kaya's body jerks with a set and onslaught. I am Sophie Guard. This is Malcolm Thraves, Anders Pohl. Reed, pull they're twins, and last Declan Patel. We're your new roommates. Kaya tries to smile, even though she sure is, comes off as a grimace. Don't just stand there, boys. Move her in, Sophie demands, and all the boys nod at the command before slinking off. Kaya just stands there, dumbfounded, knowing this is just the beginning of her new life.